Hey guys, welcome to the Unleash podcast brought to you by Hidden Gen, where we talk about how to unleash your hidden potential. I'm your host, Yuri Diogenes, and we have a great episode for you today featuring Youssef Luna. Youssef, thanks a lot for being here today. Thank you for having me on the show today. Absolutely. So before we jump into today's top, we would like to invite you to subscribe to this podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. You can always find these episodes also on the Hidden Gene website, hiddengene.net. And if you live in the area and you have not been at Hidden Gene yet, make sure to grab a trial pass uh, on our website, hiddengene.net. All right, Yusuf, how are you doing, my friend? I'm great today. It's a nice recovery day. Ah, how about you today? I'm pretty good. Uh, it was not my recovery day. Uh, today was actually leg day, so I'm pretty beat up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start talking about Olympic weightlifting. How you got into this? Uh, I started out in high school. They made us do like cleans, but they didn't really teach us too well on technique. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like pull the bar, get under it, however strong you are, however much weight you're going to move. Um, and then graduating high school, I didn't want to get fat, so I joined CrossFit. And uh, in CrossFit, they show you a little bit of it, a little more technique into it. But actual Olympic weightlifting, I started in law school my second year when I came back. Um, I met a coach who was uh, just really good at what he did. And he said, you should try it out, um, not just for a CrossFit reason, but just it's a really good skill and something to develop, just your discipline as well. Now, uh, it's funny because you moved from CrossFit to Olympic, uh, formal Olympic training with a coach and everything you probably saw a lot of uh, mistakes uh, that crossfitters usually do on uh, Olympic lift, right? Because uh, usually, if you go by the book on the Olympic lift, you will see some of, uh, of the mistakes that is done, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just most of it, like in CrossFit, they're having like 10 to 20 reps, right, of the, either snatch or a clean. So when you're moving that fast and have that many reps, the quality is not going to be super good, right? Mm -hmm. And people just assume that having that, as long as it moves, it's okay, which it does make sense. But from a biomechanic standpoint, it doesn't really make much sense. So it just depends on your training. Yeah, those, from the biomechanic standpoint, can you explain, can you elaborate more on that? For example, for people that are, are not fully aware, I think it's very important to clarify that. Uh, so just from a biomechanic standpoint is your body's moving efficiently or it's not right, especially with the barbell because your arms are guiding the barbell and you're using your legs, whether it's a clean or a snatch. And in CrossFit, there's a lot more arm movement. There's a lot more jerking body movement. It's because you're tired, right? Because you're running, you're doing box jumps, you're doing all these other things. And like the Olympic lifts, it's part of the workout. When you're doing Olympic weightlifting in that training, you're doing single reps or doubles, maybe triples, but for the most part, it's take your breath, calculate, and then do it yeah. compared to CrossFit where it's three, two, one, go. And that type of training really does change your biomechanics just because it's there's this inner peace you have to have when you're having that training. And a lot of people get hurt uh, because of that, mm -hmm. right? Because I've seen some really bad deadlift, for, for example, <laughs> where the, yeah. the back was fully curved. I mean, it was painful just to watch. It's, it's hard for me. And I tell people at the gym, like, it hurts my soul when I see bad form. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. So I've learned to just kind of keep my mouth quiet unless they ask me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe because, uh, as I said, I, I interviewed some other people that migrated from CrossFit to Olympic lifting. And they were like, oh, my God, I was making so many mistakes, you know. 
Mm-hmm. And and today you actually coach people on Olympus uh, lifting or not really just that? Yeah, I do Olympic lifting, cross training, personal training, uh, sports performance. Uh, most of them I incorporate Olympic lifts in some form or another, whether it's with a barbell, a kettlebell, or just with a landmine, right? Just because all those lifts don't have to be necessarily with a barbell. Um, you could start them out just kind of introducing them with the kettlebell saying, this is how your body needs to move. This is how we need to get mobility. This is how we need to get proper range of motion. These are all the little things that are going to help you when you actually do want to do the lift or just even for your own uh, healthy self. Yeah, mobility is also something that is very important, right? Because, for example, in my case, I have uh, pro really problems to do front squats because of my wrist. It's just hard mm -hmm. to put the, the wrist Uh, in the opposite way on the bar. Uh, so for people that has really lack of mobility, um, do you recommend to start a mobility program first or you can start lifting and start making some adjustments? It really depends on the type of training that you're doing, right? If you're a bodybuilder and most of your training is kind of isometric movements, right? Where it's here, there, you're already limiting your range of motion. So it's mostly just be working like on bands and PVC pipes, making sure you can open up, hold a proper front rack or overhead position. Um, but just kind of throwing it in there, it really depends on how athletic they are, what background they have and just other types of fitness. Um, so it really just depends on the type of person, how willing they are to, especially because Olympic weightlifting is about 90% mental and 10% physical. Like you have to want to move that way. You can't just casually come up to it. And a lot of people that go to weightlifting, they they want to lift heavy. But I noticed that when you're doing Olympic training, you many times you start just with the bar, right? Just to make sure that mm -hmm. you are getting the movement right. And and some people don't don't like to train just with the bar, right? How do you deal with people that you know that have big ego and they want to lift heavy? I mean, it, I, how how do you teach them that uh, there is time for everything? It's mostly like our Olympic lifting. It's either moving efficiently or not, as I said, right? So if it's moving like really bad at 60, 75%, it's not magically going to get better when you're trying to max out, right? We have this saying like the heavier the weight gets, the better your technique is supposed to get. And if we're not even at that point when you're trying to push heavy weight, then you're really just going to hurt yourself at that point. You have to understand why the barbell moves at this positioning, why you have to stay tied and kind of see the whole lift where you're visualizing it before you go up to it not just like i'm going to pull this weight up and it moved if it moved if it didn't mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah, it does it does absolutely yeah do you have like a, a beginner's program for people that never really did and they start uh usually how many months it takes for you to start really be moving like for example two plates of 45 45 pounds for clean jerk and things like that um 135 for men if they're for clean and jerks usually pretty easy for them maybe 95 women it really depends whether they're working out or not uh, but it really does depend whether they're doing some other type of fitness before or usually people who were like dancers ballerinas people who have other done other i guess athletics or type of training that they have to understand their body uh, like kinesthetic awareness right the reaction from the brain to the rest of the body those are the people who are going to do very good at it but someone who's never really done that type of training and is maybe just bench deadlift and squatted it's going to be a hit or miss most of the time mm -hmm. 
And um, are you actively competing in uh, Olympic uh, weightlifting or are you more on the coach side? I actually just did nationals or my last under 25 nationals in July, uh, last week of June, first week of July. Um, it was great, but now I'm kind of have to take a step back for a little bit and train a, a lot more just in this sport. It doesn't make any sense to peak every two to three months, right? Just cause it's a lot of stress on the body. So now it's kind of time to wait my year and a half too, until I can kind of be on the national. Oh, really? Again. So you, you have to take that much break in between one competition and the other? You can do more competitions, right? But if you think of it this way, if you compete every every four months, right, you're pretty much having a peak that many times out of the year, right? So you're building from 75, 85, 95. And that means so many times out of the out of the year, you're kind of pushing your body to its limit. So that means you have to be recovering, you have to be eating well, you have to be mobilizing. So like a lot of things have to go right. And in my experience, like you're only really meant to peak once or twice a year, max. And it's really hard to put that on yourself mentally and physically. So two competitions a year is still feasible. Huh? That's for me, that's preferable. But when you get to the super like big international national stage where you're top of the top, they make you compete so much just because you need uh Roby points, which are the points that get you onto the Olympic teams or the world teams. Um, so that's kind of like a catch 22 there. Mm, I see. And uh, did you watch the, the, the Olympics, the weightlifting that we have recently? Yeah, I woke up early in the morning to watch and I had to, you know, be a true fan. <laughs> It's incredible how the Chinese are so good on that. Their style of training and programming starts from the time they're young children, whether their grandfathers, uncles did it, they purposely pick you out. Like it is, it is state-sponsored sport. It'd be like if the NFL was backed by the American government here. And they gave him money said, we want athletes by the time they're in elementary ready to go. Oh, really? That'd be the equivalent of how they take the sport. That, that's why it's so big there? Yep. Pretty much everywhere but the United States, weightlifting is super big. It's just here. It's taking a backseat to CrossFit and uh, pretty much everything else. And those guys are small, but they can lift so heavy. It's mm -hmm. incredible. I've, I've seen uh, – I was watching some of the um, – some of the term, uh, some of the matches and everything and it was incredible the Chinese dominate it's usually between the Chinese the Russians but they got kicked out because of doping and your Eastern European countries that do the best um, they just understand training a lot better than we do they've researched it they have people that start from a lot of younger age too and just genetically they're a lot more gifted for it as well and the other thing that I noticed also is that The, the the death of this squat is incredible they go so deep on that squat you know it's is it's incredible uh, with that amount of weight uh, that's something that uh, um, you really as you said you really got to be training since young age to to have that level of flexibility because I mean if you start late you're not gonna go that deep <laughs> yeah it's working on it every day right little drills little things where like it's just so habitual to you at that point where it's second nature yeah yeah um what about that philippines uh uh a girl that won the first uh, gold medal for her country yeah. on on weightlifting it was incredible man i watched that uh lift many many times just because her reaction was priceless 
you can definitely see everything that you pour out into training for those one lifts and it's going to come out and you could see just how hard she had worked and that moment of like man it was all worth it all the training all the blood all whatever i had gone to for this one moment and it's really cool to see it it was great because actually after that i started following her on on instagram and the conditions that she trained is like very poor you know i mean the gin and everything and she made it uh so it, it it really shows that you don't need to have a bunch of fancy equipment to really improve on that sport, you know? Yeah, there's a African lifter who lifts outside, and I think he probably has nice equipment too, but I think he really likes using the older equipment. He's one of the top in the world, and you just see him throwing lifts out in the middle of a jungle with all these kids around him. And it's like, <laughs> man, this guy's moving so much weight, and he doesn't even have a platform or proper anything, but he's just it feeds into that type of training the mentality of you have to be that predator that type of this is the weight and i don't care what's on it that's going to move whether there's 60 or 200 kilos on there yeah it's it's uh, unbelievable and, and the wheel and the the drive is just it's just incredible uh she, i was so happy for for her um it, it that was the lift of her life i mean that was incredible how, how the u.s did on the olympics for the weightlifting uh, we had Kate Nye. She was like the first one to, I think, get a silver or anything above a bronze for, I think, 20, 30 years. I'm not too sure on the statistic, but Kate Nye, she's been world champion the last last year, and she's been pretty much dominating everything else. So she was supposed to win gold almost, but they kind of took a lift away from her. So she still got silver, which is really good because it's better than anyone that's done in the U.S. for a while. Um, but besides that, I think we had one more medalist, and that was like a super heavyweight female. Uh, the reason we kind of struggle compared to the rest of the world is just our country doesn't dope. Um, they're very strict on doping regulations, and the rest of the world is uh, not everyone per se, but other federations, they kind of have state-sponsored doping, so their athletes are going to be that much better. Well, it but, but, how hard but you, you still have to, to test on the Olympics, right? Yeah, but there's at that point there's so many workarounds and so many different things. Like it's a there's a whole political system within the sport, and that's why right now it might be kicked out of the Olympics because uh, they haven't cleaned it up. And there's just generations of different federations who have done the certain way of training for a while, and it's like, why are we going to change for this? Oh, so it's kind of might kill the sport, might not. It, we'll see in the next month or so. Oh, I didn't know about that. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So. Looks like there is a seminar coming up um, about weight uh, uh, Olympic weightlifting, right? Yep, September eighteenth. My coach uh, from Atlanta Performance, Robert Hall, he's coming down to hit into teach a seminar. If we get enough people, we'll do a two day seminar. But right now we're at a one day. Um, he was a national champion back in like the early two thousands. Been on a bunch of world teams, and he just understands the sport because he's been in it now for over twenty years, and it, great to be under him and learn from him is this seminar more theoretical or going to be some practice too oh it's all hands-on from beginner all the way to competitors they don't need to be even like barbell training because it's whatever it is that we need to help you with we're going to be there for it interesting so anyone can go mm -hmm. it's open to even like I said, we had a couple of trainers who don't really necessarily want to train that way, but they said, I want to know what's going on. So if I do have clients like that, I can at least guide them in the right direction or see what's going on. Well, but how um, do you do, how do you do a hands-on when you have such a mixed audience? Like you have, for example, 
let's say you have people that are not professional but amateur uh, weightlifters and you have someone that has no idea how do you equalize that so usually you can have them in lines right where your beginners are on one line intermediate a little more advanced and what you do is you go down the line so okay take your lift next person take your lift and then take your lift and you're giving little feedback throughout each lift right you kind of limit it to a minute or two minutes so you can get through everyone um, but it's just kind of organized chaos is what i call it because people are going to want your attention for everything like hey was this a good lift was that a good lift and i was like sure but I'm not going to lie to you and tell you something that's not right so there will be no th like uh, introduction theory to talk about the lifts he's going to demonstrate and things like that uh, because I've never been on this seminar. I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have not been on an Olympi uh, weightlift seminar. So uh, what is the format? Do you have like a structure for this seminar? Usually at the beginning, we talk about the snatch and the clean and jerk or the different type of movements within Olympic lifting. And we'll usually take a uh, raise of hands. What movement do you want to work on the most? Or depending on the crowd that we're going to have, right? What are we going to focus on the most? Whether it's pulling from the floor starting from a high end positioning it really depends on who's there and we just break down the lifts either from the floor or from a top positioning it's very catered to whoever's in the seminar so i guess that's the cool thing about it there's not like a set a b c d mm. it's okay let's see what's going on and see how we can fix your issue because everyone's at different points in their training um and that's kind of what i like about it it's very two case by case is that usually the the normal type of seminar for weightlifting i mean i'm, I'm pretty sure you've been on many uh, is that usually the format no most of them are this is how it's done this is why we do this which is fine but i'm not really that type of person likes to follow like a block or guidelines of what it is that you're doing because you don't really learn from that at least for this type of training because it's such a hands-on thing like you have to understand why this body part is doing this why you have to do this and how you have to do this so it's kind of hard to just be like pull turnover catch, mm. which in the simplest terms makes sense. But I've learned that when you can under explain it to people in such a way where they're not just having main platforms, then it makes a little more sense to them and they're going to have more confidence because they have to have confidence in how it is that Barbell has to move for the lifts to move efficiently. In, in your opinion, uh, what is the hardest part of the lift considering that the bar is on the floor? Is taking out of the floor or is is doing the final lift um, for snatch or for clean and jerk clean and jerk the clean and jerk uh the pro the scariest or the worst part i'm sorry the, the, the worst part i mean the, the most difficult part right the most difficult part i guess is if you over pull the barbell on a clean and jerk just because you can deadlift a lot more than you can clean and if you're really nervous, you can over pull that weight. And now that weight's going to come crashing down on you a couple of feet, right? So you have to have that confidence. I'm going to pull this barbell hard off the floor, but not too hard. Because if not, there goes two, 300 pounds that are going to crash on me. And like, I'm either going to catch it and stand up with it, or I'm going to sit at the bottom or it's going to miss. So that's probably, for me, at least one of the worst things. Oh, that I that's dislike. a great but, point. I never thought about that. That's, that's very interesting. So if you go too high then it's gonna be coming back right on top of you right yeah what must what goes up must come down <laughs> and especially the speed of gravity and then with the weight it's just you want to work uh smarter not harder yeah that's why many times that I, I'm, that's why those short guys they have such a big advantage because they are so close to the floor that they, they, they sing a little movement they are right under the bar 
you know, the shorter levers are easier to just move the weight with. Like we call it the fridge size. If you're the about a size of a fridge, stocky legs, stocky arms, you're perfect for weightlifting. It's just simple. It's kind of sad to say, but those are your best weightlifters for the most part. Because being tall, super hard, because of mobility and strength and the amount, how much further you have to pull the weight. But stocky and short is the best uh, body. Yeah, on this, and body and on this Olympics now, I saw that one huge guy, and he was tall. He broke the record. But I can only imagine. Right, I can only imagine how hard for that guy is to coordinate everything because he is tall. He, at least he looks tall. Yeah, I think he's like six four, six three, six four to six three. Uh, but he's been killing it since like 2017. I don't think he's missed a lift on an international stage since 2018. That was one lift, and besides that, he's gone six or six at every world meet. It pretty much breaks his own records. Wow. He's a one in a generational athlete. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, yeah, because uh, that guy with that size to put himself under the bar is, is hard. So that, as you said, that's the probably the hardest part. And do you feel that once you are able to be on that position, fifty percent of the lift is done, or more than fifty? Um, for the clean and trick, if standing up with it is honestly the easiest part if you time it right. The cruddy part is when you do the jerk, like if you had to exert a lot of energy standing up with the weight, now you're a little bit lightheaded on the jerk. So it's like, all right, gather your breath, open your chest. But if you hit it real nice and you stand up with the weight, it's kind of just staying tight and having confidence in it because it's super easy to get in your head because you'll stand up with it and you're looking around kind of dazed and it's like, man, I'm about to throw this weight above my head. Yeah, I guess I am or I'm about to pass out on the stage. <laughs> uh I saw one, well, probably, I don't, I can't remember the name of this Chinese guy, but he did the clean, he jerked, and he was already standing, and then he stand just in one foot to readjust. That was so weird. I never seen something like that. That's incredible strength, and I saw him um, too. He was, uh, I think, a 70... I can't even know his weight class, but he was a super small guy, but to be able to do that with 400 pounds I think it was plus it just shows the core strength the amount of coordination that you have to have and just confidence but, but, like, but I'm going to put but, all this weight yeah but why he did that was he just trying to show off or just trying to rebalance uh, readjust because you have to stabilize the barbell and set it down once they do it so probably for that I can't remember the lift but I think that's what it was he was just trying to show that he had control of the weight oh otherwise he would not count um, that's what I think. I, I have to see it right now, but I think that's what it was, and probably a little bit of a flaunt to say that I'm this good at what I do. I'd say a little bit of both. So the 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 judges they will evaluate not only the lift but the control, right? Yeah, you have to hold it for like a two count at the top, and even when you let it go, you have to set it down. I actually got a lift taken away because I didn't set the barbell down. I kind of dropped it and. It's kind of like a judgment call, but if you get a mean enough jury, they'll they'll take the lift away from you. That's what actually happened to Kate and I too. They took her lift away. Wait, but she so, didn't drop it properly. Wait, so, but everyone drops the weight. What are you talking about? You cannot drop. Yeah. So they say there's a safety protocol, and it's kind of like a judgment call. When you hit the weight, you have to drop it like at eyesight or below. Um, but a lot of people they'll hit it and kind of drop it because I'm training right. You're training so often, you hit, drop, hit, drop. You're not really thinking about it like that. So a lot of times you do it out of just habit. Sometimes you do it because you're just in the moment about it. 
but if you get a really stingy jury or top of the class, they'll call you on it every single time or they kind of just want you to set it down and be super PG about it. Is this more on the international level that they are more peak on this or even national level you, ha you see things like that? It's happened to me on the national level a lot, actually, one thing or another. It happened a couple of times, actually, for me, but um, you kind of learn from it because you get called out on little things and they say, well, you just never know who's going to be your your judge or on the jury. Um, they kind of hold you to that standard, but it sucks because it's not very consistent. So you'll have some sessions where they do and some where they don't. So do you lose points or you completely disqualify? Uh, they don't count the lift. So even if you hit it, they, they'll just take it away from you. They'll say like it was a no lift. Oh, God, that's that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, it, it hurts your ego a little bit too, but you're like, you just have to brush it off. You're like, well, go out to the next one. Yeah, it's just like a deadlift, right? I mean, when you do the deadlift, you cannot just let it go the bar. You have to, to, to drop more smoothly, lower the bar. Mm -hmm. Actually, not drop, you'd have to lower the bar. Now, when you so I get why they do it. Yeah. Now, when you're doing uh, uh, weightlifting training, that's the only thing you do uh, as far as training, or do you also incorporate all other type of exercise, for example, deadlift to strengthen your lower back or anything like that, or you just practice those those lifts and that's it? Uh, it depends if I'm in like competition training or out of competition training during competition training it's mostly like snatch clean snatch pulls which is kind of like a deadlift with the snatch grip um, but like with the you're pretty much doing the whole lift but instead of turning it over um, you'll do snatch RDLs clean RDLs a lot of pulling off the floor push press overhead press um, power tricks you're doing a lot of barbell work um, if you're out of competition training, you're doing like functional bodybuilding, which is essentially like uh, doing different type of movements that are gonna help your imbalances or instabilities, um, kind of like doing kettlebell work, landmine work, or even bodybuilding a little bit with the cables just to kind of work on engaging your lats or building up your back. So that's why it kind of depends on your uh, where you are for your training. What about squats? Do you do any squat at any point in time? Oh yeah. You, I squat every day is a squat day for me, whether it's overhead squat, back squat, front squat, uh, yeah but every day <laughs> but 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 you don't go heavy every day do you no it i'll build up like right now in my training i'm building up to like heavy sets two by two so i'll go up to like 90 92 every other week or just depending every two weeks um it really depends where we are in our training because sometimes it'll go up on back squat sometimes it'll go to front squat or we'll put it on like a overhead squat or a snatch balance so like your percentages will move around the different lifts depending on what you're trying to uh, accomplish. And since the 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 the, the form of weightlift is just one lift, you don't really you are not really worried about repetition, right? So when you do a squat, you do like what two reps? That's it? No, like beginning of the cycle, there's there's usually like sets of tens, um, but for the most time, we're working in that five set range or the five rep range, maybe doubles, doubles, triples, and five. Anything more than that, um, you're kind of just out of training and you're just maybe trying to recover. Mm. Um, each coach is different, so I'm, it's not like I'm speaking for everyone, but usually like the coaches I've been with and what I've learned, when you're that high in volume, you're out of training or maybe they want to work on something, but usually you want to keep it low because you want your legs really fresh and you want to be explosive with it. Do you do any other type of, uh, of exercise for explosion? Uh or basically as again just weightlifting 
the explosion part of it. So you can do box jumps. There's different little routines and preps you can do before you start doing the lifts. Like I know a lot of people they use the glute bands, start jumping kind of, I think squat jumps is what they call it or uh, start playing with the bands. Uh, it really just depends. Each person has their own way to kind of get themselves going. Why do you see most of the uh, injuries uh, on, on weightlifting? Because a lot of people, they are also very skeptical on doing weightlifting, uh, Olympically weightlifting, just because they are afraid of getting injury or anything. I mean, it's a uh, lack of good gear, like a, a good belt or bad form, you know, uh, usually what it is that you've seen over the years uh, that, uh, that is more common. It's usually a combination of that technique with however they're trying to train with the technique, right? So if they don't know how to move with the barbell, like you shouldn't be pushing heavy weight in the first place, but you have people who are ego lifting or like, oh, I feel better. This guy's next to me doing heavy weight. I have to do heavy weight too. Yeah. So that's where the background of understanding the sport and the type of training into it, you have to think of it like I say it's practice, right? You can't play a game every single day. You have to practice, practice, practice. And every once in a while you have a scrimmage or a game preseason. And that's how training has to be. You can't be peaking all the time. And that's where I see people get hurt in CrossFit gyms, regular gyms, strength and strength conditioning gyms. It's them not understanding enough about how to train for that, a combination with their barbell skills as well. Did you ever had any injury uh, training or not really? Yeah, I've had a bunch of little things, nothing major. Like I had a slight little tear in my shoulder last year and we had to work around that. I've strained my psoas. That was took like four months to recover from. Um, that, that one was probably the worst one that I went to because I didn't realize my psoas went all the way from like my legs up to my back and I couldn't get to my bottom position. They have to dig into like your pelvic bone, <laughs> but you have little things that are going to happen and people are usually quit after the first year because that's when your body starts kind of talking to you. It's like, Hey, are you either going to be committed to this and recovery, do all the little things right? Or you're going to have to get out because you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And those, uh, little things that you, that you had were because you didn't know better or was uh, overused because you were training too much or it was just a, a freaking accident. Some of them just, over time right like you're always going to have little things that nag you and sometimes you don't know when it's your time um, other times like I had a pre-existing injury like I know my psoas hurts because when I was younger I messed up my left knee playing football so it's a little bit weaker than my other one and that kind of made it for my hip to be unstable in the way I walk and the way I kind of even power out of lifts like I know that much out of it so I'm always trying to work on your little uh, imbalances that's kind of the name of the game is work on stuff that you know is going to hinge your performance because if you don't, that's where you're going to get hurt sooner or later. And last uh, question for us to wrap up here: um, If um, if someone is trying to to enter this world of Olympic weightlifting, how important it is for them to do a proper warm up? Because I've seen so many people that walk in the gym and go straight to lift weight without any warm up. Do you do a lot of warm up before start lifting? Yeah, I usually I used to take like 45 minutes to warm up and I got in trouble for it. Like, dude, your warm up's a workout. And I was like, I have to feel sweaty. But like, you just killed yourself for your whole work. I was like, yeah, but I feel good. Um, now I keep it to about like 10 to 20 minutes, depending if it's a snatch or clean and jerk or both. 
Um, a lot of banded stuff, rolling out, mobilizing, just kind of feeling yourself out. And even when you're taking like lighter lifts at 65, 70, you're still warming up. You're not just strictly doing those lifts. You're still going to go see, hey, my wrist hurts a little bit. My back's still tight. Like not until you get to your working percentages is when you actually like you're ready to go. And and right in the beginning, when you are starting warm up, do you do also some uh, stretches or stretches you do only do at the end? Mm -hmm. No, I stretch before and after just because that's your body is everything and it's going to talk to you if you don't do that like immediately, especially in the sport. Interesting. A lot of yoga. That's uh, what I got into a lot when I first started. I go to hot yoga like at least twice a week, but I had to stop because I was losing too much weight. So now I incorporate it at least two or three days out of the week where that's all I do. I won't do any barbell training or strength training. Like I'll just mobilize, stretch, kind of feel my body out and see what's going on with it. Awesome. All right, Yusuf, that was really a great episode. A lot of cool tips. Uh, looking forward to see this uh, this seminar. When is it again? August what? Um, September 18th. Oh, September at Hidden Gin. All right, great. And um, the information to register is going to be on the website, I, I guess, right? Uh -huh. oh. Yep. All right, thank you very much, Yusuf. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me today. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to uh, Unleash Podcast. And see you again next time.